Welcome to Azeroth United, a weekly podcast about World of Warcraft. My name is Denethar, and I am your host. Welcome everyone to Azeroth United, a weekly podcast about World of Warcraft. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a great show lined up for you. Today we'll be talking about classic hardcore self-found mode, Feralath, bad luck protection, and drop rate increases. Oh boy. Upcoming season of Discovery changes and future plans, Cataclysm classic beta news, War Within Hero talent updates, and the current state of Mythic rating. Whew, that was a lot. Why don't you uh, pull up a chair, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, or if you have a particular topic that you'd like to hear discussed, please email me at denethar1 at gmail.com, or you can leave a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash United. Also, if you enjoy the show, please do consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps out our distribution, so if you're inclined to do so, we'd be very grateful. Before we get to the news, I did want to do a quick rundown of what I got up to last week in WoW, and oh boy, ha <laughs> ha, I did a 20 keystone. That's right. I did a 20 Throne of the Tides, and it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. We once started, uh, which is not surprising. Um, uh, the DPS was a little low, including mine, but um, my lovely and beautiful wife graced us with her presence and brought her paladin down to the 20 uh, bracket to tank for us. And it was fantastic. She's an excellent tank, by the way. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. really enjoyed that. Um, I ran a couple 18s. This is all in Fury Warrior. I ran a couple 18s, uh, got two myth slots in the vault, which was exciting for the first time ever. Uh, got my, uh, Raider IO score to, uh, is it 23 something? Uh, which is really cool. Um, trying to hit 2,500 before the end of the season. I think it's doable at this point. Um, I just need to push next week because I think my highest rise key on Fortified is 11. So if I can get in a rise 18 or 19 or something like that, um, that would really help my rating. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I did that. Uh, I did some, uh, oh, I also did heroic raid up through Smolderon which was really cool. I didn't, we tried Tindril a few times or Tindal, Tindril, Tindal. I just, we couldn't do it. So I, I, I gave up on that, but um, yeah, it was really fun. Uh really enjoyed the raid um, on Heroic. It's, it's so much more fun than normal. Normal is just brain, brain dead. Uh, Heroic, you actually have to think, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, I also did, I did do normal on my monk, um, uh, my fist weaver. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of moving along, uh, slowly, but, uh, you know, I'll get him up there. I'm just, I'm trying to get him to a point where I can, at season four, I can go, all right, now I'm going to play the monk. Um, I just don't want him to fall too far behind. So I'm not trying to get anything high level on him. You know, I already did the demon hunter on that account. So, um, and then I've got the fury warrior on, on, on the other account. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, last week. I, I didn't get into Season of Discovery at all last week. I'm hoping to get into some this week because quite honestly, with Incorporeal and Spiteful, I don't really know. Um, but uh, we'll get into all that in a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, this was, uh, this was a pretty good week. I had a lot of fun. Um, I didn't get to do any of the uh, brawl, uh, which I, I wanted to. And honestly, I didn't even do the time walking this time around because it's really just, it's pointless. Uh, unless they're going to do a, um, the, uh, time walking event like they did before where we have like seven in a row or whatever, and you get heroic gear, uh, from it, that would be cool. 
But um, yeah, I'm not doing time walking at this point. <laughs> this is, there's no reason to to curse myself with that. So um, yeah, that's what I got up to last week. Uh, like I said, not not a ton of stuff in there, but a very exciting uh, plus twenty for me on that. So I got my portal to Throne of the Tides, which is very exciting. I'm hoping to get a couple couple more of those before the season ends. But uh, you know, um, it is what it is. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, maybe maybe my wife will will come run me through some more. But uh, she is trying to get <laughs> she's trying to get number one paladin on the server. So anyway, uh, that's that's her her deal, not mine. Um, okay, so uh, that's all uh, that's all that. So um, yeah, there's a lot going on and so much to talk about. So let's get into it. It's time for the news. In the news this week, we have WoW Classic Hardcore Self-Found Mode will launch February 29th. It's this Thursday. Um, yeah, so this is uh, kind of a partial version of what the play race had come up with for the original Hardcore uh, that they were running on Bloodsail Buccaneers and a couple of the other uh, classic servers. But um, So you can't trade. With anyone. No mage water, no enchants, no nothing. Uh, You can't use the auction house. So, no, you know, auctions. (laughs) And you are unable to send and receive most mail. So I think you can get mail that comes from uh, NPCs, like uh, Gubberblump and stuff like that. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's that's the limitation. Um, I... I don't feel like this is really going to catch on as as well as Blizzard maybe is hoping that it will and, and revitalize the hardcore service because, honestly, it's missing the one key component, which is you can't group up and you can't run dungeons more than once. Um, That was what made the original hardcore so special, I think, was you can run a dungeon one time. You go in there once, you may make sure you get all the quests, you go in, you do it one time, you get one group. This, you, it's this normal dungeon rules for classic, or for classic hardcore, um, and it's the normal grouping. So if you want to group up with your buddy for a quest, you can do that. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is like, uh, I don't know. It, it It's like, um, this is like the uh, we have uh, classic hardware solo self found at home <laughs> version of of this. It's I I don't know. We'll see how how it is accepted by the community, but I I'm really not expecting a whole lot from this. So um, I'm not going to beat up the, the the poor dead horse. But uh, uh, the Feralath legendary drop rate has been increased by Blizzard. So this happened last week, and lo and behold. People started getting Fearlath like crazy. <laughs> um, there was, I think, there was one raid where like seven people got it. Um, but uh, so Blizzard, they improved the bad luck protection, is what they did. So those um, those embers that you get, yeah, those actually did something. They just did a lot less before, and they do a lot more now. Um, the The thing that happened though was when Blizzard introduced this into the game when they when they made this hotfix wowhead was able to determine what changed on the game client and from there reverse engineer the drop rate from fearloth 
<laughs> so, which I'm, I don't know if Blizzard thought they would do that or not, but they did. So here's what we've got. If you are a mythic raider and you are on your sixth week of killing Farak, you should have a 100% drop chance of getting Fearloth. Cool. So all those people who have done this already, uh, they got it this week. Heroic, you have 14 weeks, and then you get a 100% drop chance. Now, it's important to point out that previously, under the old method, six weeks for Mythic was 10% drop rate. Now it's 100%. 14 weeks for Heroic was 16% drop rate. Now it's 100 you don't really get a whole lot of benefit from running normal or raid finder. Honestly, looking at the percentages, um, you're going up a a decimal of a percent every week on normal and even less on raid finder. So yes, it is technically possible to get it on those difficulties, but um, if you were to run it 40 times, so the, the Wowhead article actually goes up to 40 and it says if you, on your 40th attempt, you have a, for Raid Finder, you now have a 15% chance to get it. <laughs> and for normal, you have a 30% chance to get it. So basically, if you're running normal or Raid Finder, don't expect to get Fearlath. It's not going to happen. Because as it stands right now, the current week, if you've run it every single week so far, on Raid Finder, you would have a 3.18% chance to get it. And on normal, you would have a 6.38% chance. Is it possible? Yes. Is it worth running Raid Finder and normal raid every single week and just wanting to claw your eyes out? No, I don't think it is. But you know what? That's me. If this is important to you and you really want to do it, then do it. Um, Yeah, this is... I really... I really hope that Blizzard takes a long, hard look at legendary distribution in The War Within and says, hey, wait a minute, maybe this wasn't the best way to do this. Let's give people a quest. The very first thing that you do is you get a quest. You start working on the quest. You make progress on it every week. You have to get 40 embers of, of you know, whatever, or who cares, you know, sigils of, of Santa Claus. And uh, so you get seven a week. Okay, whatever. Oh, you know what? You killed Farak Mythic. He drops nine of them. Ha <laughs> ha, cool. Uh, whatever. Something to make it a little bit more deterministic and make it less just, I feel terrible on my Ret Paladin because I can't get the Legendary to drop. That sucks. Ret Paladin, Death Knight, Warrior, it's awful. And I can tell you as a Fury Warrior, I've basically given up because I can't run the raid every week. I can get in and do Heroic, but I can't kill Farak on Heroic, not on a Pug. Uh, every pug that I've ever done falls apart at Tindral. Um, I could do it normal. I've done it normal. But what's the point? If I've done it normal four times, I have a 0.86% drop chance of fear loss <laughs> after the buff. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, no fear loss for me. And um, probably no fear loss for you unless, uh, unless you're a hardcore uh, mythic or heroic raider. So good luck with that. Uh, right. So, um, yeah, Blizzard has buffed the, um, the vendor for the Waylaid Supplies faction in Season of Discovery. And, um, so we got some new rewards coming and I think they actually went live today, question mark. I haven't logged into Season of Discovery for a couple of days, so 
Uh, but the rewards are honored. You can purchase a ring, which is either plus two stamina and strength, plus two stamina and agility, or plus two stamina and spell power. Uh, that's for honored. And when you get to revered, you can get a 16 slot bag and then also a four stam, four strength, four stam, four agility, four stam, four spell power necklace. So cool. Um, those are difficult to obtain items, at least to get a good one. How many people are running around at level 40 with a stam and spirit ring <laughs> or stam and spirit neck? Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, that, that's a uh, reward to people. And then I believe the, uh, the monetary reward went up as well. So you'll make some cash from doing your Wayled supplies. So Blizzard is trying to incentivize it, which honestly is just going to make the auction house prices of those things go up. But um, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's done it. We've all bought um, something off the auction house to turn in Wayled supplies. So you know, don't pretend like you didn't do it because I, I see you. I see you over there. Um, right. Uh, in... War Within news. <laughs> so Blizzard has uh, walked back the Oracle Hero Talent Tree changes that they uh, um, kind of uh, floated out there a couple weeks ago as a, hey, what do you guys think of this? And everyone went, we hate it. Thank you. And Blizzard went, okay, well, let's not do that. So those are going to be changed. Uh, primarily, the removal of Power Infusion is going to be changed to something else, and we don't know what it is. But look at that, people. All you complainers, Blizzard is listening to us. They said, hey, you know what? You guys are right. This sucks. This is a shitty talent tree. We're going to fix it. And the players all went, yeah, but, uh, okay. I, all right, I guess. So, yeah, um, congratulations. And as a reminder, always submit your positive feedback to Blizzard, even if you think, ah, oh, what's the point? Just do it because it does make a difference. It is valid and they do care about it, especially now. And, you know, maybe they cared about it more before as well. I don't know, but they're communicating to us now. They're like, not only do we care and we're listening to you, but we're going to make changes based on your feedback. This is, I mean, I don't even know this blizzard anymore. Who are you? And what have you done with my, you know, ignore us for, for years at a time blizzard? <clears throat> So, anyway, there you go. Uh, priests, you can rest easy to know that Blizzard is hearing your complaints and they will look at the Oracle talent tree or the Oracle hero, hero talents in the War Within. Uh, all right. There was a bunch of news that dropped today. So, for one, we got the Cataclysm Classic beta was added to the CDN servers as the content delivery network. So, basically, this is where the data goes so that. Um, it can be distributed out to the um, the WoW client, and, and so you can download it and whatnot. So I would suspect, and and it gets put onto the CDN server so that it can. Um, uh, I think it's there's a vendor. It's a vendor build is basically what they call it, and then so that people can look at it and make sure that it's um, there's no issues with it uh, as far as like uh, I don't know if it's add-ons or whatever it is. I don't know. This is all behind the scenes stuff that we're not privy to. But anyway. It's there and it's available, so which means that the beta is ready to go. Probably within the next couple of weeks, I'd say we'll see a beta for Cataclysm Classic. Maybe as soon as next week. Who knows? Because we are getting hardcore uh, self-found this week, so we could get a beta for Cataclysm next week. Now, how excited you are for that, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm not terribly excited. I will probably try and check it out if I get access to it. But um, honestly, eh, I don't know. I feel like the excitement for classic is really going to die with Cataclysm. I, it's going to be exciting at first. People are going to play it. Don't get me wrong. People are going to play. But as soon as Firelands is cleared and guilds are pretty much done with that content, it's going to die. And there is no point. So unless Blizzard is planning to do a 12-month um, Cataclysm uh, cat classic expansion thing, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of people in classic. So um all right in other news we're just gonna bounce back and forth because i feel like it in dragonflight season three crests are now uncapped which means that uh you no longer have that weekly cap for your crests so it you know is if you started late is insurmountable but if you started early you've probably already gotten all the crests you need so it doesn't matter anyway so it's this is a great um well that's that's fine but why change um <laughs> it's just i don't know i mean i know there are people who who cap their crests every week and they also don't know what to do with the crests they have they're they are so overloaded in crests that there's no point now this is important to point out that um the flight stones are still capped at 2000 so why why what the heck is going on there why are they so obsessed with keeping flight stones capped at 2000 all right. Uh, lastly, and this is kind of a big one. Um, so we got a season of discovery developer update today, uh, February 27th. Uh, now I was originally going to go over this interview that, uh, Josh and Nora did for the, uh, I think it was Dick Serto magazine website thing deal, but, um, they basically covered all of that stuff in this developer update, but more concisely. So, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can read it if you want. There's a lot of information in there, but the key takeaways are one level 40 mount costs are going to be reduced by half. So great. So you don't have to worry about grinding gold to, when you get to level 40. For those of you who already bought your mounts, sorry, but uh, that's the way it goes. First in, you know, you, you got it first and everyone's proud of you. And now I'm going to get mine for half cost. What? Uh, there will be a 100% XP buff from level one to 39. Now, what they said is they originally planned to implement this after level 40, or for phase three, rather. Um, but they're going to go ahead and do it now because of reasons. <laughs> so whatever that means um, and what those reasons are, I don't know, but that's what they're going to do. 100% XP buff. It was 50% for level 1 to 25. Now it will be 100% for level 1 to 39. So I will definitely be able to get my characters leveled up and level 40, and get into Nomorgon. So that'll be really fun. Uh, there will be the level 50 raid, and Molten Core will be 20-player raids. So in the article that I was mentioning earlier, they said that their intention is to keep the level 60 raids at 40-player. Now, what they've clarified here is that they are looking at it, and some of them are more difficult to convert to something other than 40-player. Like, a Blackwing Lair is going to be tough. I get that. But Molten Core, you could do Molten Core 10 player and it wouldn't make a difference because those mechanics are so basic and so simple. So it'll be 20 player. And the level 50 raid will be probably Scarlet Monastery, we're assuming. 
Um, and then that will also be 20 player. So that'll be really fun. 20 player Scarlet Monastery. Oh my gosh, that sounds like fun. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be dope. Uh, yeah, definitely. I need to level up a couple of characters in Sod. <laughs> All right. And then finally, the other big takeaway is going to be that the level 60 itemization and raid updates are going to happen. So that means that things like Zulgarub and probably Molten Core, some level 60 dungeons, all of that stuff is going to get updated. Um, and they're going to make some modifications to it. They haven't given us details as to what exactly they're going to modify, but they don't want things that you get at level 60 to be crap, basically compared to all the new items that you're getting from the leveling rights. Um, because that was something that I noticed as I was leveling up is that while I was getting upgrades, cause I never ran black fathom deeps. Um, a lot of people who did run BFD, they were like, I get no upgrades. There are no upgrades for me until I get to level 40, which that feels bad. That feels really terrible. So they're going to improve the itemization of some things. And honestly, at this point, they're just fixing classic and just making it better. <laughs> and it's I'm, I'm here for it. I really am. And I hope that this is not a flash in the pan. I hope that this is how they just run classic from now on. So I'm really excited about these changes. Um, and they were really clear in the article that Season of Discovery is a collaborative effort. They view it as a collaborative effort with the community. This is not something that they're sitting up on their ivory tower and passing edicts down saying, you, you shall play it this way. No, they're, they're coming down to our level and interacting with us on Twitter or Reddit or whatever it is and saying, hey, what do the players want? What do you guys want in Season of Discovery? Because this is for you. We're doing this for you. We're basically trying to keep you happy so you keep paying a subscription. So what do you guys want? Um, which I think is great. I, I think that's fantastic. So, uh, you know, it, they were they were very clear that this is a collaborative effort. And while, yes, the developers are the ones that are doing the work and ultimately they have the final decision, they are listening to the community. And it's really evident by what has gone into Season of Discovery that it is a labor of love and that it is something that the community has a big part in. I've seen complaints on Reddit or Twitter that a week later, there's a change made. As in, oh my gosh, the developers are listening to us. Um, I wonder if we'll get that level of, uh, <laughs> that level of uh, kind of coordination with the uh, modern WoW team and the War Within. But uh, well, and we'll get to that later because there was a whole red, our whole, uh, a forum post about some mythic rating and we're going to talk about that a little bit later but uh for now as far as the news goes that's going to wrap it up there let's get into this week in world of warcraft let's talk about world of warcraft In Dragonflight, this is week 16 of season 3, uh, our Mythic Plus affixes for the week are Tyrannical, Incorporeal, and Spiteful. Yeah, this is a gross week. It's the uh, spooky week, because it's all ghosts and, ghosts and shit. Uh, Tyrannical, bosses have 30% more health and deal 15% more damage, so yeah, the boss fights are going to be tougher, harder, longer, bigger, better, faster, stronger. Uh, the incorporeal affix, uh, incorporeal beans periodically spawn and cast destabilize. If the cast goes off, player damage and healing is reduced by 50%. The debuff stacks, the mobs do not take damage and can only be crowd controlled. So you can do a uh, long CC or a short CC, like a stun will work. 
temporarily. Um, but ultimately you're going to need to do like a hard CC, like a, a sheep paralysis, uh, imprison, something like that. Uh, spiteful is, uh, spirits rise from the corpses of non-boss enemies and chase down random players dealing heavy melee damage. Okay. So it's a tyrannical week. So spiteful and tyrannical do not interact, which is good because that would be really annoying if they did. Uh, and then incorporeal is just going to happen every, I think it's like every 30 seconds or something. Um, yeah, incorporeal sucks. (laughs) There's just no, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's terrible. Um, yeah, at least incorporeal has the availability for every class to deal with it or most every class. Uh, and my fury warrior still really can't, but you know, that's a different thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's incorporeal. Yeah. Spiteful is annoying, but it's, it's easy to deal with because, so they lose, I think they lose 8% health every second. And so if you can stun them, if you can crowd control them, if you can stop them somehow, um, that will kind of handle them. I'm using air quotes here behind the microphone, handle them. Um, yeah, so like on my Fury Warrior, make sure I have Shockwave so I can hit him with a Shockwave and then run away. Uh, it's really only annoying when you are when you need to do something that you need to be out of combat for. So like, for example, in Throne of the Tides, if you want to click on the uh, the, t- the portal that or the stone that sends you up to the top level, um, yeah, you have to be out of combat for that. That's really it. Uh, otherwise, you can just run from them and they'll eventually die. So uh, people who spend a lot of time and energy killing them, and especially cooldowns, killing these spiteful ads, that doesn't help. <laughs> just unless they are, have, they have you in a corner and you have to kill them or you die, just ignore them, stun them, slow them, do whatever you can to uh, kind of interrupt them, but uh, don't bother fighting them. It's pointless, especially on higher keys. There's just no reason. Um, right. So, yeah, that's uh, it's it, it, it's not a bad week. I mean, incorporeal always sucks, but. I mean, this will be fine. It's it's annoying, but you just deal with it. So, um, yeah. Uh, if you uh, if you need some tyrannical rating, uh, now you know what your affixes are. <laughs> uh, the weekly events are the bonus event is the arena skirmishes event. So you'll get the buff sign of the skirmisher, which is honor gains from arena skirmishes increased by fifty percent. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then the quest arena calls or the arena calls from Kazra and Valdraken which it asks you to win 10 arena skirmish battles, and then you'll get 110 conquest, conquest and 2,000 honor. So that's a good reward, but the problem is you have to do 10 arena skirmishes. If it was five, I'd say, yeah, it's worth it. But to do 10, that sucks. Might as well just go do solo shuffle, honestly. That's, there's just no point in doing skirmishes. Yeah, whatever. I don't know why this is still an event. Take this off the rotation. What purpose does this serve? At least the Battleground bonus event has some purpose. This is useless. Anyway, sorry. Hi, Blizz. Uh, All right. The PvP brawl for this week is Gravity Lapse. So this is Eye of the Storm. Uh, We'll occasionally have the gravity turned off so you can kind of float around. And it's just, you know, the the swim style floating. Um, And then it'll turn back on. And you will be sent back to the ground. It's just like the Kael'thas fight in... um, Oh, God, what is the name of that dungeon? Magister's Terrace. Thank you. 
random non-existent person who helped me with that. Uh, gravity getting you down? Step into the eye of storm and be prepared for a whole new enlightening experience. Every minute, players on the battlefield will find themselves launched into the air, only to gently fall toward the ground again in a perpetual aerial ballet as they try to accrue enough resources to take the win home for their team. So aside from the gravity thing, it's just a normal eye of the storm. And eye of the storm is, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, this one's fine. It's, it's not particularly exciting. I mean, it's, it's one of the earlier brawls. Um, so it's not particularly clever with what it does. I think this might actually be the first brawl. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, I don't want to say something that's wrong. Um, but when you zone into the brawl, you'll get the quest something different, which asks you to win a PvP brawl, and the reward is Conquest Honor and Marks of Honor, which I love to use for Transmog. So, uh, love the Marks of Honor. Don't really love Gravity Lapse. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the Dark Moon Fair starts this week on Sunday, March 3rd, and it will run through Saturday, March 9th. Um, you know I love the Dark Moon Fair. It's great for your profession quests, for your knowledge points or your skill points. If you haven't maxed out your profession skills, uh, you can ride the merry-go-round or the roller coaster for the XP and reputation buff. You can get shot out of a cannon. You can fight the Death Metal Knight. You can go listen to an Elite Chieftain's concert. There's lots to do. Dance Dance Revolution. There's so much to do at the fair. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you haven't ever been to the fair, you have to go check it out at least once and just be like, oh, okay, it feels like a normal fair, um, <laughs> except that it's Dark Moon. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, I, I love Dark Moon Fair, so uh, it's really enjoyable for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's worth it just for the XP and reputation buff and the um, profession skill points and knowledge points. Right, uh, hot fixes for the week. Uh, so yesterday we had a couple of hot fixes that came in. So we got uh, follower dungeons. The maximum number of follower dungeons that a player can enter in a 24-hour period has been increased to 50. Was 10. That's a hell of an increase. Why? Who is doing 50 follower dungeons? What the hell? I mean, do one or two? Okay, but 50? The presence of followers in dungeons no longer decreases the XP earned by the human players. Okay, the problem is it's still not enough to make follower dungeons worthwhile because... The reason that regular dungeons are worthwhile for leveling is you get the bonus for completing the dungeon. If you go into the random dungeon finder and you get into a group, you get an XP bonus and it's, I don't even know what it is, 70,000 XP or whatever, but you get a bonus for completing the dungeon. And if you go into a follower dungeon, you don't get that bonus. So yeah, I know you don't have to deal with people and I know you're antisocial, but it's just really not worth it. So. Um, all right. Player versus player fix an issue preventing Arathi Blizzard from being queued. Okay, well, that's not really relevant anymore. Thanks for that, Blizzard. Uh, WoW Classic Season of Discovery. Hyperconductive caster set three piece bonus now works correctly with healing and damaging runes. Okay. Uh, chronostatic preservation duration increased to 20 seconds, was 15, and now works with mouse over macros. Oh, that's that's actually really cool. Um, little mage healing buff there. Uh, Drained of Blood will now periodically remove debilitating effects that are still affecting the player. Eh, okay, cool. Uh, additional chain spirit graveyards and patrols have been added to the, during the Blood Moon event. Okay, that's cool because that helps prevent graveyard camping. And that's really the biggest issue that the, the PvP event, uh, the Stranglethorn PvP event has faced. So that's cool. 
Uh, fix an issue with lesser arcane elixir that caused it to not be usable at the required level on the tooltip. Yeah, that's, let's fix that. And Kadamu's blood craze will no longer increase his damage dealt. Okay. Uh, for hunters, Chimera Shot no longer extends the duration of Wyvern Sting's periodic damage. Developers note, that interaction was never intended. <laughs> Oops. And then for rogues, Between the Eyes no longer shares a cooldown with ranged attacks. So... There you go, is your hot fixes. There was a, a bunch of other hot fixes on the 21st. I'm not going to read those, um, but uh, there will be a link in the show notes if you are curious about the specific hot fixes. But uh, more than anything, that just just remember that Blizzard is constantly trying to improve this game. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who want to poo poo World of Warcraft in its current. Oh, Blizzard doesn't care about the players, and they're just they're just collecting money, and they just want bots and blah blah blah. Look how many hotfixes we are going through. That is the sign of a game that is being actively worked on. And yes, you could say, oh well, they should have done it right in the first place. You can't just magically get everything right in a multi multiplayer online game like this. No, you got to do hotfixes. There's, yeah. You cannot test every interaction. I don't care if you have 20,000 quality assurance testers. You can't test every interaction because players are clever as hell. <laughs> they will come up with all sorts of nonsense to uh, to circumvent what you've put into place. So, uh, yes, the hot fixes will be in the show notes. So if you want to go check those out, see what's, um, what else is out there. But uh, yeah, not a ton of uh, changes coming in this week, but uh, and really not a lot going on in WoW. Um, so we've got the, so, okay, so this Thursday we've got, um, classic, uh, hardcore self-found mode. Probably next week we're going to get the, either we'll get the Cataclysm Classic Beta or we'll get the announcement of it. And then I would suspect probably also next week we'll get a launch date for 10.2.6, which I'm going to guess at this point, based on current information, is going to be March 12th just what i'm going with so and then we'll probably get season four sometime around uh, april 2nd sure let's go with that all right that's it for world of warcraft or what's uh this week in world of warcraft i should say that's not it for world of warcraft folks there's going to be plenty more trust me uh but let's talk about something new let's talk about something new all right, let's talk about these hero talents. Now, first of all, we did mention that there was the rollback of the changes for the Oracle uh, hero talents. That's shared between Discipline and Holy Priests. Um, so they gave us eight new hero talents to look at. And I've, I've kind of looked over these, just done a cursory glance at it. And, you know, not every class is a class that I play or every class or spec is one that I play or that I play often. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, um, it's really interesting to see kind of the direction they want to take with things. I can, I can get what they want to do, but ultimately these hero talents just feel, I guess they feel kind of samey in that they're all just like, Hey, here's a new thing. And all the talents buff that thing. And then we're going to super buff that thing at the end of the tree. It's, it's the same thing for everyone. I, there's, I feel like there's a lack of creativity in the hero talents. I know they're trying to make them really clever, like, oh, and it does this and it does that. But honestly, it's really not giving us anything exciting. 
I I thought going through all the hero talents and getting a quick look at these before they were coming out in the War Within was going to be exciting, and it's not. I look at these and I'm just like, uh, yeah, that that's cool, I guess. Nothing stands out as, oh, wow, that's so cool. I haven't seen any hero talents that I've just been overwhelmed by and super excited by. You know, the um, the Wild Stalker Druid looks cool. Um, it's not like super amazing, but it, it looks cool. You get these uh, vines that go on the target and then there's things that buff the vines and then the vines explode and hit all the other targets. And that's cool. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess <laughs> what we got was um, we got Wild Stalker Druid. We got Loon's Chosen. We got here. Let me pull up the list. I'm just going off a of memory at this point. Um, we got Wild Stalker Druid, Alun's Chosen Druid, Scale Commander Evoker, Herald of the Sun Paladin, Templar Paladin, Trickster Rogue, Diabolist Warlock, and Colossus Warrior. Now, this is very reminiscent of early Shadowlands. And I know a lot of people have made the comparison to Covenants, but the one thing in particular that really is bothering me is that when they did the Covenant system, they said, we want people to refer to themselves as, I'm a Kyrian Paladin. I'm a Venthyr Paladin, not I'm a Paladin. And that seems to be the direction they're heading with this. I'm a Templar Paladin. I'm a Scale Commander Evoker. I'm a Wildstalker Druid. I'm a Colossus Warrior. Who gives a rip? You're a Fury Warrior. You're an Arms Warrior. You're a Prot Warrior. You're not a Colossus Warrior. I'm sorry. That's just dumb. You cannot change class identity in one expansion when we know it's not going to stick. We're not going to carry these hero talents all into level 150 down the road. Oh, I still got my hero talents. No, this is the very definition of borrow power and it's annoying. So I don't know. I, I'm this is more of a rant than it is something new. But honestly, I just I'm looking through this list and I, I mean, I, I went through the paladin one because I was like, OK, well, what they did prop paladins because I was really curious and it's just. I'm reading through this and it doesn't even sound exciting. It sounds kind of, eh, all right. And I think that that's not the reaction that Blizzard wanted. I think they wanted people to be like, oh, this is so cool. And it's just not. And maybe the problem is they're showing it to us on text and we're not getting to see the animations that go along with it. And maybe if we saw the animations, we'd be a lot more excited. Oh, I want to be a lightsmith paladin. That looks so cool. Because we're visual. We're visual people. And while, yeah, I can read the buffs and the benefits, they're trying to sell us on this from a visual representation standpoint, not just here's the spells you can do, because those are static. The spells are the spells. And they know that everybody's just going to go to Wowhead and say, what is the best hero talents for my class in spec? And then they're going to say, oh, you should be a wild soccer druid. And you're going to be like, okay, thank you very much, Wowhead. I will now close you. And that's it. That's all you get. And so... Oh, it's annoying. Um, all right. <laughs> I don't want to go too deeply into this, but um, I'm going to do a deeper dive on all of these. But basically, I I feel like they're giving us more and more information about the war within. And all of the information we have so far is less than exciting. And that sucks because I am so excited about this expansion. But I'm starting to get nervous. I'm honestly starting to get nervous. And I think everybody was like, oh, Chris Messon's back. Wow, is saved. Chris Messon's not building hero talents. He's coming up with a story. And that's what he's always done. He's not sitting there 
coding in, oh, it does 2% more damage if you have this act. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's sitting there conceptualizing a story. And then you've got somebody else who's sitting there going, okay, here's what we're going to do for uh, augmentation evokers. Here's what we're going to do for fire mages. And that's it. That's what's happening. And it's it's really not exciting. So I don't know. I don't know what needs to change um, or if anything needs to change. If we just, this is what it is. And it's like, okay, this isn't exciting. But, uh, you know, we'll have delves and we'll have, you know, our old mounts will be able to fly. And the story is going to be amazing. And I, I do feel like, and I've mentioned this before in a previous episode, the best expansions are the ones with the best story, not the best game mechanics or the game systems. So, right, I get it. Legion had the best of both, which is why it's so fondly remembered. You had the artifact weapon system, and you had a great story. Okay. Wrath of the Lich King, though, the, the game systems in Wrath of the Lich King, honestly, they kind of stink. And the story was good, because we were going to fight Arthas, and it was exciting. But the, the gameplay itself was, it, honestly, it's kind of, it became, the game became boring. It, it really became boring in Wrath of the Lich King. That's when I started to go, oh, this is, uh, I'm just going to, I'll level up a bunch of alts, I guess. I don't know what else to do. Because they introduced the dungeon finder and they, you know, introduced the different uh, difficulty levels in raids, which made it so that you no longer have to push to get to the top level of the raid. You could just be like, I'll just run normal 10 player and it'll be fine. I'm good. And not, I'm going to do 25 player heroic and it's going to be a challenge. No. You don't do that anymore. People just go in there and they just, and that's that. And so, yeah, I, I, I feel like Lich King, Mop, and Legion are the three best expansions because of their story. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But anyway, like I said, eight new hero talents. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes if you want to look at them yourself. Um, I will be doing a deep dive on them next week. Uh, probably next week. Um, if not, maybe a week, the week after, but, um, yeah, this is not an, and here's the other thing. This is, as we saw with the Oracle priest, this is going to change. So my suggestion to you is to go and look at these talent trees. And if you see something that is so bad that you're like, I won't play this class. If this is in there, post it on the forums, post your feedback be positive with your feedback. Don't be nasty and, and just horrible. You know, try to give positive feedback, but ultimately you need to be able to communicate your mind and say, this does not sound like fun. And that's that's what it boils down to. So uh, take a look at the hero talent trees. Like I said, I'm not going to go through each one in detail right now because I just looked at this uh, an hour ago. Um, and so I need time to break everything down. But um, just suffice it to say, we are we have gotten 16 hero talent trees so far, and I think there's going to be another 16 or 20, something like that. I forget how many specs there are in the game, but uh, yeah, we're going to get more. So enjoy. All right, let's move on to the weekly rant. It's time for the weekly rant. Okay, so there was this forum post on the uh, Wild Community Council forum. And this is uh, from Dobie, who is from the Guild Nascent. Um, and it kind of... It's not really a takedown. It's more of a a very concise and logical 
explanation of the issues that this person and the people that they are around are having with mythic raiding. Now, I've always been a big proponent of having mythic raiding be something that I, I don't think it should be um, protected necessarily. It's not super special to me in terms of, oh, this is like the pinnacle of World of Warcraft. I mean, look, we had normal raids for years. And then in Wrath of the Lich King, we got heroic raids. And that was fine for years. And then in Mist of Pandaria, we got mythic raids. And that was fine. And it's like, okay, well, let's, we're just we're going to keep upping the ante. And I think that what this person kind of explains in their um, in their post, and there's a there's a few parts to this. So you know, let's just go through it um, because I I have a lot of thoughts about this as a as somebody who was a raider um, back in the day, um, who follows the raid progress. I, I definitely pay attention to the raced world first and all that sort of thing, but I. I really feel like everybody in the game should have the opportunity to clear the hardest content in the game. Now, I'm not a good player. <laughs> I will be the first to admit it. I'm, I mean, I'm fine, but there are a lot of people who are way better than me. And But I, I can do content. I can, I can do 18s. Uh, I had somebody drag me through a 20. Um, as I mentioned earlier, which was lovely. But, um, you know, it, everybody should have the opportunity to engage in the highest content of the game. Now, for somebody like me trying to do mythic rating, it's completely out of reach. I don't care how many nerfs you put in there, how many changes you make, how accessible you try to make it. Mythic rating is out of my wheelhouse. There's nothing in it for me. So I have no stake in mythic rating. My only issue with this or, or my, my um, feelings on it are that everybody should have the option to do the highest content in the game. And you could call it whatever you want. You could call it heroic. You could call it mythic. You could call it, you know, stellar. You could call it, you know, a bastion. You could call it bombaculous. I don't care. Whatever it is, it's the highest level in the game. And Mythic Rating is the highest level in the game. Now, you could run Mythic Plus until you're blue in the face. And you will get one Myth piece a week. One. Trust me, I know. You hear about it from my wife. As she gets her one Myth piece per week. <laughs> and that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get, sucker. Now you can get you can craft 486 gear with uh, Aspect Tokens. Or Aspect Crests, yes, you can do that. But if you want that 489 piece of gear, you have to do Mythic Raid. Or you get one a week from um, doing your getting your Great Vault, which is fine. But, um, you know, the, the, the kind of, it's not really a curtain, but... The fact that all of these myth pieces are protected behind a mythic raid. And I know that the the WoW team has kind of, they, they've kind of protected raids over the years because honestly, raids have kind of gotten out of favor. Raids are the thing that you do to get the best gear so you can go do mythic plus. 
Now, there are some people who raid for the love of raiding. They want the fights to be as hard as they can. They want to learn all the mechanics. They want to, I want to stand on this spot. I want to stand on that spot. But honestly, that's not super engaging gameplay for most people. I have to stand on this pixel for this move, and I have to stand on that pixel for that move, and I have to click these 12 spells in sequence, or we wipe. <laughs> that is not fun for the majority of WoW players, I would say. Even AOTC raiders are not really of the caliber to play or to do Mythic Raid, which is evident. You see a lot of guilds that are 9 of 9 heroic and 3 of 9 Mythic. And there's a reason for that, is that Mythic Raids are substantially harder. It's like going from an 18 to a 26. You can't just make that jump. But how do you get to that point? If you can't do the Mythic Raids, how are you supposed to gear for Mythic Raids? So, okay. And I'm getting ahead of myself because this post definitely goes into all, all of that. So the first thing he talks about is the the pace and the structure of raids. Now, I I do agree with him here, but honestly, this is kind of... This is the way gaming is in 2024. You have to have seasons. You have to have um, content with a predictable beginning and ending date. Um, people get bored of content. So if you said, hey, uh, Vault of the Incarnates drops item level 386 gear, and then Abarus is going to drop 396 gear, and then Amir Dressil is going to drop you know, 406 gear, people are going to be pissed. Because <laughs> they're like, you mean I have to run three raids? at a time. I can't just run the one current raid. I have to do all of these extra raid. So I understand why we have to do seasons and we can't have things the way they were in vanilla because that was honestly the case in vanilla. Molten Core dropped item level 66. Blackwing Warrior dropped level 76 and Nax dropped level 86. That was it. We weren't doing seasons where we had, oh, well, Molten Core drops item level 66, but Nax drops 216. <laughs> if you think about it in those terms, it's absurd. Why are we going 100 item levels higher in two raid tiers? Anyway, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so he says, uh, as White House transitioned to the seasonal model, there has been an inherent move towards a homogenous content cadence and structure. This is most obvious at the expansion level which even Ian recently said is the typical four zones, eight dungeons and one raid. Yes, and that's true. We saw that in Shadowlands. We saw that in BFA. We saw that in um, Dragonflight. We got our, our our new zones, and in BFA, obviously, it was three and three. Um, and then you have your eight dungeons, and you got your raid, and that's that. That's all you get. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I also don't believe it's a good thing. Why is that? It's too predictable. I also believe it's in how it inhibits innovation and creativity. Creativity in what respect? Perhaps that the lore need not always fit a single size content. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So he's basically talking about when we got one, one or two boss raids, like Crucible of the Storms or um, the Trial of Valor. Or the Trial of Valor or Haldva? The Trial of Valor. Yeah, Trial of Valor. Uh, those were good because it's little extra side content that doesn't really do anything. We lost that after BFA. We had none of that in Shadowlands. We have none of that in Dragonflight. And honestly, Shadowlands and Dragonflight have kind of created the new normal for raiding content, which is, okay, you're going to get your 9 to 11 player or 9 to 11 boss raid. And that's it. You get that and you have six months of that or more if it's in Shadowlands. But honestly, they're they're going for six months. Um, so, yeah, they, or they were talking about like a 
Serpent Shrine and Tempest Keep, where it's like, hey, let's have two raids at the same time. All right, well, we're going to do the six bosses over here, and then we're going to do six bosses over there. That's cool, too. But then again, you run into the issue of travel time. People complain. Oh, my God. Why do we have to go all the way to the... I have to do one raid that's in your span and i have another raid that's in the waking shore this is ridiculous bliss how do you possibly expect people to survive this nonsense and blah, 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 blah. i don't know why they're all british now but the, the point is they look you can yearn for the things that were popular back then and i'm not trying to pick apart this guy's post because i agree with him like 99 i agree with what this guy's saying but honestly he's his argument here is, is suffering a little bit in that he's talking about nostalgia and the way things used to be and as we all know, you can't go back. <laughs> you can go anywhere when you want, but you can't go back home. Um, yeah, you, you can't go back. Even in Classic proved that we can't go back. We can redo it, but we can't go back to it. Because it's not the same as it was in 2004 or 2005. It is so different. Nobody in WoW Classic thought... I'm going to melee on my hunter. Not until Season of Discovery, anyway. Yo. Um, you know, yeah, okay, there's melee waving on our melee weaving on hunters, but waving, wow. My. Uh, but uh, honestly, there were, I know for a fact that there were hunters who thought that they could melee, especially before they changed all the, the talents. And so you had, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, man, I forget what it was. Lacerate, I think it was the bottom of the survival tree anyway the point is you can't go home so let's move forward this is how things are now we need to keep it that way so um all right so then he talks about farming raids and farming raids is is a is a tip tricky one because i have seen this play out a lot you get three months in and everything is cleared and people are done <laughs> they're done you're not farming your tier sets and which you know if you go back to vanilla and you go every boss dropped two or three pieces of gear for 40 people and you had eight tier pieces not five and you had these special trinkets that were basically if you didn't have this your dps was dog shit uh so yeah people farmed raids and it doesn't re really make any sense anymore. What he says is, once upon a time, the farming of a raid meant that you were passively nerfing the raid every week through incremental power gains. Exactly. This is no longer the case. We've reached about 90% of maximum power by the time we get to the last boss now. Uh, this equates to a hard final few bosses, but also means that they never get any easier on farm. Right. Because if you're going from 90% to 100%, that's the part that takes forever. You never get that one trinket that you wanted. You never get that one ring that you wanted. Okay fine but between the tier sets being available in the catalyst and everything being upgradable you don't even need the best gear right off the bat you could get the you know pretty good gear and then just upgrade it there's no need the raid gear becomes almost worthless at a certain point you get a drop and you're like that's great but i already have hero not oh this one is 470 but I got a new one that's 476. Cool, I got an upgrade. No, they're both hero, so you can upgrade them both the same, which means that you didn't get an upgrade. All you're doing is you're, oh, I saved myself 15 worm tokens or 30 worm tokens. That's it. You're not actually getting an upgrade. Now, people have created this mini game of, oh, okay, well, my upgrade comes in the form of my secondary stats. Okay, that's fine. 
But again, that's not what this guy's talking about. He's talking about that power gain that allows you to, hey, we started Blackwing Lair with some blues and some molten core gear. And now that we are half decked out in um, uh, tier two gear, we're gonna kill Nefarian. That's what he's talking about. And again, you can't go back home, so we're not talking about vanilla in terms of what we want, but what he's saying is that you can't, you get all your gear within the first four weeks, five weeks, and then you're done. You're done gearing. You might need those one or two extra pieces, but that's it. There's nothing else for you to get because your gear is all upgraded. It's all max level. You're 486. That's that. That that there's no reason to go to raid except for to get that one thing. And a lot of people, it's not worth it. Why would I go run raid every week for nothing? I'm not getting crests out of it because I'm already I've already used up all my crests. Or if you're running heroic, even better, you're getting worm crests, which by that point are completely worthless. Um, but if you are running mythic, maybe you're progging on on mythic bosses, and it's like, well. We're as good as our gear is going to get, so either we learn this fight or we don't. And after 130 pulls, guess what? You're not learning the fight. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And that's demoralizing, and that's frustrating. Um, and he talks about the item level jump between tiers. Uh, so, yeah, that's a big part of it. So, yes, part of it is we have four raid tiers now. And so if you go from Season 1 to Season 2, you have four raid tiers you go 26 item levels up everything goes up 26 item levels so remember before i was talking about molten core to blackwing layer was a 10 item level jump so now we're talking about a 26 item level jump okay that's fine but for whatever reason for season three we did a 39 item level jump which means <laughs> between season one and season three we had a 65 item level jump <laughs> 65 item level jump so let's let's put that into perspective here in classic or in, i'm sorry in vanilla we had 66 from encore and obviously there were items that were higher or lower than that but the average or the the tier pieces were 66 in molten core 76 in blackwing layer 86 in nax okay karazhan gear in the burning crusade was 125 so 125 Minus 66 <laughs> is 59. Yeah, my math is accurate. Sure. It's 59. So that's from one starting rate of the expansion to the next. And we just did 65 between seasons in the same expansion. The item level bloat is out of control. It is completely bit bonkers and again it comes back to we have four raid difficulties you got raid finder you've got normal you've got heroic you've got mythic and there are people who are asking for a race to world first tier that's even higher where we go let's make mythic not crazy but let's make the race to world first tier so completely broken that only the top 10 guilds can do it okay that's fine but that's another raid tier that you're talking about or do we put those players on a on a uh, tournament realm where we go, okay, these characters don't exist in in re you know real life or or in uh, on the real, the production servers, um, but you're gonna go and you're gonna do the race to world first, and then if you do that, 
your account will get some sort of benefit that everyone knows that you are special because your character won't have it because that character only exists on the tournament realm. That's an option people have proposed. And I'm not, I don't think that's the worst idea. Um, but again, I don't know that that's, that's what the, that's, I don't know that that's the answer. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, item level jump is a big problem. Um, and farming, yeah, farming is a huge issue because people just don't, people check out after three months, they're done. 12 weeks and it come on there's nothing left to do in there um okay then he talks about tuning and this is where it gets really tricky because tuning of the bosses is hard because if you can't you don't want to go up you only want to come down in other words if you make a boss hit for a thousand let's just use a flat number you make a boss hit for a thousand and then players go this is too hard we can't do it it's t- hitting us for too much okay so you make the boss hit for 980 and the players go, all right, it's a little better and some of us can do it, but most of us can't. So now you make it the boss hit for 920. You do a big jump this time and you go, okay, a lot more teams can do this now because this boss is hitting for a lot less. Okay, great. But if you start at 900 and players are like, hey, we can do this and you go, ooh, this was too easy. Let's make it a thousand. Riot. <laughs> you have a riot on your hands. The players will be pissed. So you can only go down. You can only nerf. You cannot buff. I mean, and they have buffed raid bosses in the past, but it's always a really tricky proposition. So, um, yeah, and he talks about the um, the fact of having a, a nerf uh, in a mythic raid happen during Prague. So in other words, if you were like, oh man, we're at 1%, we're at 10% of the boss, and then the next week it gets nerfed, and you're like, all right, well, now I guess we can beat it with the nerfed version. Let's, let's do the crappy one. This is no fun. And uh, yeah, it's frustrating. It is. And that's that's his whole point. Um, and he also points out that it's unreliable. You never know when it's going to get nerfed. You So are you going to prog on the boss, or do you just go, hey, let's just wait for the nerfs. Let's just farm heroic until the nerf gets hit. Oh, wait, farming doesn't do us any good. <laughs> so you start to see the problem here. Um, yeah, and and you don't even know how they're going to nerf a fight. Blizzard might say, all right, we're going to reduce the health of the orb on phase six of this fight. And you're like, well, that's not the part we're having trouble with. Anyway, um, yeah, so then we get into raid composition. And, you know, this is this is a tough one. Because this has always been the case where, with a game where you have different classes who can perform different things, everything got homogenized in Wrath of Lich King, and everyone hated that. So they they rolled that back, and they they each class has kind of their own distinct. And yeah, there's some overlap, but uh, you know you got a bunch of classes with a battle res, or a bunch of classes with a, a heroism or, or bloodlust. But honestly, um, I think that the the current standard or the current setup of all the classes is really good. Everybody has something to bring to the table, even if some are less exciting than others. You know, my Fury Warrior, for example, not very exciting what she brings to the table. Uh, My Demon Hunter brings very little to the table. He has no battle res. He has no heal. He has no lust. He has nothing. He does a lot of damage, and that's really cool. And he has a crowd control, but that's it. That's all he brings to the table. So if it's not in a Mythic Plus group that needs those, those things he's not really appealing um my mage on the other hand he's got arcane intellect he's got water he's got bloodlust um all sorts of buffs that that a mage gets that help them um but ultimately help the team so i don't know 
um, that one's tough. But anyway, he he points out that uh, you know the bringing the player, not the the class, and and this is this is difficult because if you have all of these raids and you have a certain mechanic that needs to be handled a certain way, everybody in a race to world first guild is going to need to do that, and this is really prevalent with tanks and healers because you have a lot of DPS, but you have two tanks and you have usually four healers. Um, and so with that, if you have your two tanks and you've got a warrior and a monk, and it's like, well, the best tanks for this tier are Death Knight and um, Demon Hunter. Well, now you're screwed. Your team is screwed because you have the wrong tanks. So you either need to level up a new tank or you need to get a new tank. But you can't do it with the tank you have because your tank is stinky. Um, so, you know, raid buffs and all that, whatever. I'm not, that's been talked to death in terms of bring the class, bring the player, not the class, whatever. Um, the, then he goes on to talk about the user interface. And the big thing here is the timers and the mods that you, people use, primarily bigwigs, deadly boss mods, and weak auras. Without those, you cannot mythic raid. <laughs> and as I've heard pointed out, if Blizzard is doing these mythic raids with no add-ons, please show us the video because nobody believes that that is happening. And I, I, I'm 100% behind that. I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that Blizzard has tested these raids with no add-ons and gone, yeah, this is doable. No, I call bullshit on that. Um, and so then the whole private aura thing that happened with the Varrock fight, uh, yeah, it sucked. And they finally rolled it back recently but in the meantime, you have all these guilds that had to come up with this ridiculous macro add-on workaround instead of just being able to use the aura that was in the game. The point is, this arms race thing, Blizzard needs to stop fighting an arms race. You're not trying to beat the players. You're trying to lose convincingly. And you need to remember that your job is to lose convincingly, not to lose after two weeks. Hey, we lasted two weeks this time. Ha ha. That's not your goal. Your goal is for the players to work really hard, put in a lot of effort and beat your boss. That's your goal. And if it happens in five days, it happens in five days. If it takes two and a half weeks, it takes two and a half weeks. But you shouldn't try to control or manipulate that with difficulty and with modifying add-ons and the way that the add-ons interact with the interface. It is not okay. And I know that I know Ian Hazacostas has said they don't want to have an arms race, but they did it again this time with Farak and Tendril, honestly. And I don't want to hear Blizzard talking about that there, there's no arms race because there absolutely is. And they cannot get off of their egos long enough to realize that they are creating this situation. All right. Speaking of uh, legendaries. Oh, boy. this. So we talked about this a little bit earlier with the Farak legendary, but... You know, the acquisition system needs to change. They've got to come up with something better. Uh, and really, that's all it boils down to. They just got to come up with something better. This is terrible. Um, same thing with the Evoker Legendary, the last tier. Um, I know that we were all getting spammed with the messages in Valdraken, but, um, but it was difficult to get. So, um, you know, say what you will about the game and about... Oh, well, it's a legendary. It should be rare. Yeah, okay. That's fine. But this is not 2004. We're not getting Sulfurus, the Hand of Ragnaros, or whatever. Thunder Fury, the Blessed Blade of the Windseeker. 
This is 2024 when players will now remove you from a group if you don't have the legendary. Not cool, this guy has a legendary, let's him fight him. It's you don't have the legendary, get out. It's a different it's a different world. And Blizzard needs to understand that it's different. And so if you put something in the game that's going to fundamentally change three classes in the game and what f- f- three, four, five, six specs? No, you got to be smarter than that. You got to give them a little bit more determinism in getting their legendary. So anyway, this is a really good post. There's a lot that I kind of glossed over because, like I said, I don't Mythic Raid and a lot of it doesn't really apply to me. But ultimately, he makes a lot of really good points. And I think you should take it. You know, it'll give you 15 minutes to read the whole thing. Um, Will it do anything? I don't know. I don't know if Blizzard listens to this sort of thing. Um, I think that, uh, you know, ultimately, if if Season of Discovery is any indication, Blizzard are listening and they are trying, but it's probably a lot harder to move a ship like Dragonflight than it is to move a ship like Season of Discovery. So, um, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, boy. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our show for today. Thank you so very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, again, it's, it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to record these podcasts and to put them out there for people to listen to. And I really hope people are enjoying them. And, and, uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you are, um, you can email me at denethar1 at gmail.com, or you can find me streaming occasionally on Twitch TV. I'm at denethar01, or you can catch me streaming on YouTube at also denethar01. Um, no at denethar01 also, (laughs) Uh, so, um, yeah, you can check me out there, but, uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, I'm here or you can reach me on, uh, X Twitter. I'm, uh, at Denethar. Uh, that's probably a really good way to meet, uh, engage with me as well. If you are so inclined. So again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you all have a wonderful week and, um, remember to be kind to each other. Be nice. That's another person on the other side of that keyboard. So I know it's, it's a troll and they look ugly, but trust me. It's a real person and they have real feelings. So be nice to them and smile and just remember to love everyone. All right. I'll see you all in Adderall.